episode 225. Bonus edition, interview with James Sturdivant. I'm Jeff Eichler. And I'm Kirsten Rickert. And we are the hosts of the Getting Unstuck podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, elite educators, Gretchen here, host of Always a Lesson. We've got an amazing episode today, uh, probably one of my favorites in a while. We have a guest appearance, reappearance, <laughs> this guy was on episode 25. Like he's an OG and he is back for more. Things have changed professionally in the greatest of ways. He's making a bigger impact than ever before. And I'm just excited to have you lean in and listen to a truly wonderful conversation that is certainly going to empower you to make some changes and upgrade your effectiveness. So before I let you tune into our conversation, let me update you on our guest. So my friend Jim navigated 34 years in a public high school classroom. He now teaches intro to education and assessment to future teachers. At the university level, he combines fearless experimentation with a willingness to learn from younger tech-savvy students and colleagues. He's authored three additional books that promote student engagement and bonding with kids. James hosts the Hacking Engagement podcast, which provides educators with tips and tools and tactics that teachers can utilize immediately. His blog posts have appeared in Principal Leadership at Jutopia and Huffington Post. James is married to the most wonderful lady, Penny. She's a fellow educator, and they live in Ohio. They have three children and two grandchildren, and he relishes his role as a classroom teacher and works to keep his perspective fresh, authentic, enthusiastic, and most importantly, relevant. And we'll be talking about that word relevancy a lot today. But I can tell you, as someone who's connected with Jim for years now, he is so youthful, so fun, so vibrant, a great energy, someone you just want to be around 24-7. And because of that, I'm going to let you tune in to our conversation right now. Well, hey, Jim, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited that you're making a reappearance. I'm doing fine. I'm doing, you know, we were talking before I came on. I. It's funny, Gretchen and I go back a ways. When was the last time we recorded together, like 2016 or something it, like yeah, that? Yeah, it was years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. And um, I had to send her a new picture because uh, I, I don't look like the old picture anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we were talking before we came on and, and we're both kind of running out of things to watch on Netflix. So that that's kind of where I am right now. You know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out what to watch next on TV <laughs> during this stay yeah, at home. I'm trying to figure out what day session. is it? What time is it? What am I going to do to fill this day that is different than okay. what I've been doing? <laughs> Okay, this is this is something I'm going to bounce off of you. I mean, okay. I've been thinking about this. 
obviously everybody wants to go back to school. Yeah. We all want to see the kids. We all we all want to bring back some type of normal lifestyle, but it's going to be hard waking up in the morning again. That adjustment. Yeah, we have yeah, a lot of freedom I mean, right now. Well, I mean, we we've lived with a lot of structure for a lot of months and and there's some there's some awesome aspects to that. <laughs> <laughs> not not that I I'm not looking forward to getting back to normal, but I was thinking about the other day. I bet some people are going to be like, oh, man, now I'm getting up in the morning again. And I say that because my wife's an administrator. Yeah. She started school this week. Oh, boy. And it's been hard for her. And traffic. And just like that whole well, morning thing. Yeah. That whole that whole morning thing. You got it, man. Going to bed earlier. <laughs> there goes all those Netflix shows. I guess you don't need recommendations. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so the... So the rather extended answer to your question is I'm doing fine. Good. I will link our last episode. I think it was like episode 25, which, by the way, we are over 200 episodes by now. I just can't even believe it. <laughs> you get it done, man. Uh, well, let's just update everyone since because sure. you've had a huge change professionally since you were last on the show. So let's get everyone up to date. You were teaching last time we mm -hmm. talked. So start from there. Well, I'm still teaching. It's but just I'm, different. I'm yeah. I'm teaching in a different situation. Uh, I was a high school teacher for 34 years. Wow. And really wasn't looking to quit. I mean, I wasn't ready to retire, but our school district said, we need to save some money. <laughs> so they come to all us old teachers in the spring and said, hey, we'll pay you to, to retire. Don't take this personally. We like you, but we'd like to get rid of your salary. And I thought, I have to take that seriously. That's that's a lot of money. And, you know, if I retire next year as opposed to this year, I'll, I won't have that uh, option. And so, Gretchen, what I had to do was replace teaching. There's no way that I could just retire. I'm 59 right. years old, but, man, I'm a young 59. And you are. What would I do with myself? So um, I called a friend who was the department chair of education at Muskingum University where I went to school. It's a small liberal arts college in Eastern Ohio. And she said, Hey, come down here and be an adjunct. And I thought, wow, teaching college, that sounds really interesting. And then the other option I had was to help refugees in Columbus, Ohio, uh, pass their citizenship test as a volunteer. So I thought, okay, there's there's two teaching gigs that I can do that will replace the classroom. And Gretchen, it's been a blast. I, oh, I've had so, so much fun. fun doing these jobs. Yeah, when you mentioned it, I think it was either in the Voxer group or on social media mm -hmm. where you announced that you're retiring. I was like, oh, that's so exciting. But when you explained how it was done, I've never heard of that. I, I don't know if that's common practice for Ohio or just in other states mm -hmm. in general, but we don't have that option where they're basically paying you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, they, they they should explore it because the idea is that, you know, you're at the top of the scale. Yep, you're expensive. And you're expensive, and, and so they pay you a little bit. You know, they, they pay you a, a lump sum, mm -hmm. but then they have a younger teacher replace you and save money. Totally. So it is it is a win-win. Well, you just weren't ready. It, it kind of, like, took you – took you by shock like wait a minute I think that I think that was kind of the way to go man and you know like and I had like more kids ask me to hand out their diploma at graduation oh. I, I had I mean it was just like the it was perfect timing it was perfect timing and, and I have to tell I'll tell you what's strange uh I brought down one of my uh 
high school administrators to present to my college class. And he comes walking into this college building and he goes, I can't get over how quiet it is here. Because, <laughs> you know, K-12 schools are pretty chaotic. Yeah. And and what, what blew him away and what blew me away was a student was taking an exam from me the period before he presented. He got done, came up and gave it to me and walked right out the door. And I thought, I, a kid in college can do that. Yeah. And, and, and in high school, I would have had to figure out something for him to do. I would have had to warehouse him, keep him quiet, keep him busy for 15 minutes while everybody finished up. Such I really a different like, world, like independent. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. It's. I think the K twelve could could take some aspects of that and implement them, and it would be wise. Well, I think a lot of this virtual learning due to COVID is going to force folks to operate that self discipline. Like, here's your pre recorded lessons. You're gonna have to learn time management. You're gonna have mm -hmm. to check in. You gotta be on this discussion board. And I think that's a yeah. lot of college stuff that high schoolers could really benefit. And I think they're going to be ready to move to that type of learning environment. I think the younger group, maybe not quite so ready for that, but definitely the yeah. middle school and high school, I think would be a great bridge to college. I agree. Well, I wanted to ask so you that's in what terms of, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Like, what would you say since yeah. this has changed so much in terms of how you teach? And because now you're kind of teaching adults. What would be a lesson that you learned from this experience or the best advice you'd give someone if they, too, were going to move into teaching college? Teaching college is really interesting. It's, you know, it's different in some ways and exactly the same in others. When I'm, when I'm in the class and in the midst of instruction, I don't really feel it's that different. But there is a level of mutual respect that you have with someone who is an adult that just isn't there. Like, like there's no bus duty. I mean, there's no study hall. There's no like hall passes. There's, there's none of the stuff that, that would drive you crazy about the institutional setting of a K-12 school. Well, it's a good chapter. It's yeah. something different. You can still utilize the same skills. You have room mm -hmm. to grow. Uh, it's a new challenge, and like you said, your wife's still working, so this keeps you occupied so you're not, like, waiting around for her to come home. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, Ohio has an outstanding retirement system, which is good because uh -huh. what they pay me is <laughs> almost criminal. <laughs> Don't even. Well, I'm Don't talking about it in. as an adjunct, you make virtually nothing. Virtually nothing. Right. It's It's kind of pathetic. But it is. Oh, it's yeah. more experience. I, I, it's don't yeah. don't tell them. I I would actually do it for less. I enjoyed that much. <laughs> yeah, I definitely yeah. won't tell them that. <laughs> well, you also are now part of Hacking Engagement. Can you get us up to date yeah, on what that's I, all about? Uh, uh, when I wrote my first book in 2014, I, and and believe me, I'm just some obscure teacher from Ohio. I I I really am. I still am. And I thought, how can I get anybody in the world to look at this book and I liked listening to podcasts and so I just mm -hmm. started putting out feelers to people like yourself uh, Jennifer Gonzalez and I, I was mm -hmm. able to get a number of guests or a number of hosts to say come on as a guest and through that process my publisher Mark Barnes at Times 10 goes you know you ought to do a podcast you seem to enjoy talking <laughs> 
And, yes, you do. Thanks. And you're good at so it. I, so I started that in 2016, and, and I don't have as many episodes as you, but I have 136, which is a lot. I never thought I – ne- I never in the world awesome. thought that I would do 136 episodes. But it's kind of addictive. You know, once you start – It is, and as – Go ahead. I mean, what, I, I think we're on the same page. Once you start doing it, you you don't want to stop. Yeah, and education continues to change, so it's not like you're running out of content mm-hmm. because you've got to help teachers navigate uh, the new waters and the new regulations and the new best practices, and it's constantly helping them stay current, and it forces you to be up-to-date on yeah. things, and you meet so many great people to interview, like nationwide, you know? I just think it's such... It's the best professional development, and it's just an honor. Sometimes you're like, I can't believe right, I to do right. this. Right, right. Well, you're uh, you're one of the pioneers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also want to talk about teaching mm-hmm. in magenta. So you call it 100 Paths to Joy and Well-Being for You and Your Students. And that title, when you were telling me about it, I thought, okay, uh-huh. I have got to learn more about what this means. I've got a million questions, and you did a great job explaining it but i want to hear more about you know tell us about that color i know there's a great meaning sure. behind it and why you decided to put this into a book well before format. i do that how about if i give you the elevator pitch <laughs> yeah yeah let's do that go this book provides 100 <laughs> ways to create a magnificent day in the classroom once you start stringing some agenda days together you and your students will experience profound well-being and deep joy so that's the elevator pitch. I like it. Stringing, Stringing them together, together. man. I like and, that. And, you know, that's good. Uh, I was trying to think, like, you know, people don't have a lot of patience for long explanations. So I, I like the idea of an elevator pitch. And I'll, you know, that's two sentences. And that, yeah. that sums it up right there. Now, totally. I, I do want to tell the story about why. Well, first of all, let me tell you a little bit about this book. I think that's what, what you were asking first. Okay. The color of magenta is something that goes back in my life in an odd way. My father was a professor at Muskingum University where I went to school. If you've ever seen, well, I think most people have seen the color magenta. It's kind of like a purplish pink color. It's like this really distinctive color. Mm-hmm. Our colors at Muskingum are black and magenta. Now, that's really bold <laughs> to say that. And I think yeah. most of the athletic teams are, are too, like, chicken to actually wear magenta, so they just wear black and red. <laughs> but so, like, I grew up with this interesting color. And then um, I was I was thinking about a title for this book that I wanted to write on helping teachers create magnificent days. And I just kept thinking about this color magenta. And so I just looked it up online, like it's meaning. And so what I did in this book is take these 100 paths, which I'll talk about momentarily, and break them up into five categories that are attributes of magenta. Mm -hmm. And here they are. It's compassion, optimism, balance, adaptability, and contentment. So those are the five sections of the book. Now, what's interesting about this book and what I think will – interest some of your listeners, hopefully a lot of your listeners is, it's short. It's an incredibly short book. It's only 16,000 words. Uh, You know, typical books about 50,000 words. This is only 16,000 words. Each one of the 100 paths is roughly between 100 
and 150 words. Yeah, it's like a little short, quick paragraph. Now, if I'm you, I'm kind of like wondering, okay, that's kind of interesting. Why do you write a book like that? <laughs> so so I'm, I'm like asking myself a question here. <laughs> I like it. Go for it, Mr. Podcast Host. Yeah, so what happened was uh, about three years ago, my daughter-in-law, Nikki, gave me this book. And it's called How to Walk by Thich Nhat Hanh, who's a Vietnamese Zen master. And it's just this tiny book. And it's just got, you know, about 100 ways to walk mindfully. And you open up a page and there's just like a paragraph or two. You read it. There's like a lot of rough sketches, which are really interesting. And then you try to apply it to your day. So, you know, like she gave me this book and I thought, oh, that's that's nice. And then just kind of put it off to the side and didn't think about it anymore. And then spring break rolled around in a couple months and I realized it was sitting there and I hadn't looked at it, opened it up, read a page, which is talking about how when you walk, you need to feel your whole foot, you know, heel, ball, toes, then, then heel comes off the ground, then ball, then toes. In other words, slow yourself down and be very mindful about the way you walk and feel your foot on the ground. So I thought, Okay, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to do that today. And I found that I was thoroughly enjoying walking. <laughs> I was walking slower. I was walking more mindful. And I thought that was that was a lot of fun. So the next day I read uh, another passage which talked about stopping and looking at something interesting and taking a few minutes and really deciding what was there. And like within like a week, I was like really enjoying taking this like brief narrative in the morning, reading about it, and then applying it to my day. I also enjoyed the fact that there were some rough sketches besides the narratives. And I thought to myself, man, it would really be cool to write a book like that someday. <laughs> and so that... I love it. And that's exactly what you did. Because I was going to say, I, I think Lauren yeah, Barnes did Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. She's a... And, and this is what I feel really good about. There are sketches in the book. And they are done by a high school student. And that's exactly the way I wanted it. I wanted a, a high school kid's mm-hmm. voice in that book along with mine. That that made me feel really good. So uh, I, love that. I retired from uh, – no, I, I made the decision to retire from teaching in 2019. Had spring break. I was just sitting at home thinking, oh, my gosh, what did I do? You know, is, is this, is this <laughs> the right decision? Yeah. And I just had a eureka moment, man. I, I need to share – how I create magnificent days in the classroom. And I need to use Thich Nhat Hanh's book, How to Walk, kind of as a template, as a guide. So that's the story about how this came about. Yeah, I love it. And there was something I was reading in your book about you are shocked when people always say what a great attitude you have yeah. and how positive you are and how happy and, and enjoyable you are. And, and you're looking at them like, if only you knew, right. it's a constant choice I make. I'm not, I'm not naturally this way. And that other people, too, can create this habit. And then we can teach students how to do it. And I thought that was so powerful that you are teaching about the conscious choice. And now it all makes sense based on the inspiration from the book about just being more conscious of what it is you're doing. Well, thank you. And and there's another aspect to this that's interesting is um, I like, I like Carol Dweck's work on the growth mindset. I'm I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of that concept of, 
you know, you, you have some control over your existence. And I think a lot of teachers promote that to students. And yet, when faced with, <laughs> you know, the school day, they sometimes are somewhat hypocritical if they go in and they let all this stuff defeat them. So I always took the attitude, not always, but tried to most days take the attitude, hey, I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to create a good day. And Gretchen, I, I think you read the introduction. I mean, I, I've had tragedy. I, 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 my family's experienced death. My, my family's experienced loss. I've experienced uh, health setbacks. I, I mean, I, I've had those things. You can't live as long as I have without the tragedies. But that doesn't mean you can't go in and have a great day. <laughs> and I think that's powerful because I know I can let emotions yeah. dictate like what I do and that and kids feed off of that and they take sure. it personally thinking you're yeah. mad at me or I did something wrong and you're thinking no I'm just dealing with my own stuff and it's an important lesson about maturity and learning the on and off switch and making choices and it doesn't mean you don't have hard times and that you can't process it later and can't deal with it in other ways but when you're in front of kids you have such an impactful opportunity and you've got to make a better and, choice. And I, I agree. I, I love the way you put that. And that's why I said in my elevator pitch, create uh, outstanding days. Yep. It's because it, you know, the onus is on you. You can, if, if you read one of these paths, and, and this is what I love about this book, reading a path probably would take you a minute, maybe two. <laughs> and, you know, if you read it in the morning and just, and just something strikes you, about applying that, an idea from that path to your day. I mean, it could have a profound impact. It could be something you do on a regular basis. It, it could be something that could change your outlook on your career. And there's, you know, like I said, 100 opportunities. And, you know, I'm going to challenge anybody to find, to, to not find something in there that, that could really improve their existence. Yeah, and I even was thinking, this kind of reminds me of the days of the ripoff yeah. calendars that had a good quote and you started yeah. your day. Yeah. yeah, and you were even comparing it to, like, this is a sunrise right. story, not a yeah. bedtime story, Story meaning start your day here. And you even give the directive of, please don't binge this, because I know that we were talking about binging sure. shows before, and this is something you do a little mm -hmm. bit at a time one a day or even one a week, depending on what you're facing and how hard it is for you to build a new habit. But in order for you to really make the change, you have to take the time to really digest it and apply it. And that's encouraging for folks to feel like they don't, even though yeah. it's a quick read, that they don't have to sit and, and well, do you it know, all I, I, I hate confessing this, but my, my attention span has shortened with technology. I think, I think <laughs> yeah. that's not unusual. I, I don't read much fiction anymore. I read a lot of nonfiction. I, I'm not proud of that. But this book, uh, Thick Not Han, on how to walk, it just—it was just something, something that was simple and easy to digest, but had a profound impact on me. And that's what I was looking for with this book, Teaching in Magenta. I was, and, and and here's something, Gretchen. You might read a path and think, well, he's talking about something that's not going to happen to me today. I'm not going to be faced with this situation. But you might think back to reading that path and, and make a different choice. And that, that excites me. Yeah, I think that's a valid point about, it's kind of like storing nuts for winter. I mean, you're mm -hmm. just gaining advice. And when it's time, you're going to employ it. And so like, don't let Well, you know what? I, I typed off two of the paths. And I thought it'd be uh, interesting for your audience to hear me read them. 
Okay, cool. And then I want to tell you too. Oh, that good, I really good, liked. good. So I, you go I'm, first. I'm curious. Okay, so uh, two of the things that we need <laughs> to deal with when we get back to school in this bizarre time we're trying to teach is, I mean, obviously compassion is something that we need to practice on a daily basis. But I think we're really going to have to be compassionate. We're really going to have to to exercise compassion here in a few weeks when we get back because everybody's going to be out of sorts. So path number four is called, it's in the compassion section, it's called prepare for the question. Teachers generally dislike hearing. Why do we have to learn this? It often seems like the questioner Mm -hmm. is attempting to throw cold water on your lesson. It's understandable for teachers to get frustrated by this prompt. But today, welcome the prompt as an opportunity. When you think about it, it's a perfectly fair and legitimate question. So go ahead and prepare an outstanding response. Craft such a marvelous response that you provide the students whether they ask the question or not. Yeah. Rather than getting upset about the question and overreacting, be prepared to answer it daily. So you want to treat your students with compassion. You have to understand their frustration with some of the stuff that you ask them to do. And, you know, I've been in classes, like I can think of some math classes that I was in where I was thinking, why? Mm, yeah. Yeah, the relevancy. Like, tell me how I'm using this. And it's well, so hard. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when I, you know, I was an outspoken kid and I got frustrated one time and I asked the teacher that and the teacher got frustrated with me. I, I, I think that's a frustrating question for a teacher to ask. But if you... Well, it's yeah, so personal. You exactly. It's an attack. But if you prepare for the question, you actually welcome the, the question and embrace the question. It, it can... And it can turn into like a wonderful moment for you and your students. Yeah. And you can even appoint a kid to always be the, hey, why do we have to learn this? Like at the beginning of every lesson, or, or, that would be kind of prepare cool. a really smart kid to prepare an answer for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you build some ownership. <laughs> so that's uh, that's my one path that I that I wanted to share on on compassion. And here's another one on balance. And this is um, path. 43, celebrate your sanctuary. And it goes along with what I was talking about with, you know, when you've lived a certain number of years, you're going to have hardship. So if you've lived long enough, you've experienced catastrophe. It could be a health issue, the painful end of a relationship, the death of a beloved parent or spouse, the devastating loss of a child. I've experienced or dear friends have experienced each of these tragedies. When they strike, it seems impossible to get out of bed when the alarm erupts. That assumes, however, that you've even slept a wink. But just maybe getting out of bed and going to school are exactly what you need. Your classroom is a remarkable, stable sanctuary. Today, appreciate this anchor. When your world is falling apart, your classroom and your students will be a bedrock of normality. You need to recognize this anchor as a magnificent asset. That's that's, that's something that's happened to me many times. I bet it's happened to you. Um, you know, when, when yeah. my father died, I was like, who am I? You know, what what just happened? Went to right. school the next day and, and and found peace. I mean, not like grief was gone, but at least it felt normal. It felt right. it felt comfortable. You know, it, it felt good to to process how do I teach these kids and interact with them it it just it just was a tremendous sanctuary and that's happened to me more than once 
Well, that's a testament to the culture you built Thank in you. that room. But I bet you, I bet you've experienced that yeah. too. Well, yeah, and a multitude of ways, and you feel guilty because you feel like you're not mourning somebody. But I think that's what they want is for you to find your people to help you heal and your people where you And just to stop thinking about something for 50 minutes. I mean, mean, like when your brain is just on overdrive and then all of a sudden you are, oh, I'm in the lesson. Now all of a sudden I I can, I I didn't think about that for 15 minutes. That's wonderful. I can remember uh, my family went through a really hard time once and I remember one night I did not sleep a wink. I mean, I, I, I didn't sleep at all. And, you know, morning came and I thought, I, I should probably take the day off. I'm not going to be worth anything in there today. And I said, no, nah, I'm going to go in. And it was a good day. It, I mean, I actually got to school and, and, you know, got in the groove. And it turned out to be one of the best things that best decisions I'd made. Well, like you said, create awesome days and build better tomorrows. And it's all about the choice. And I think that's kind of what is continues to come up in this conversation. This right. Is all a choice. And so those were two examples uh, that, you know, and I read them. It doesn't take long to read them. Applying them is challenging. But if you apply these ideas to your, uh, to your day, you're, you're going to, you're going to evolve as a person, as a teacher. Yeah. Two stuck out to me specifically as a teacher leader, there was, I like this example you gave. I think that it was called <laughs> listen with your feet or something to that effect. Yeah. And yeah. your principal came in, he was all hurried and he was like hur- urgently telling you something and you used it as uh-huh. a teachable moment to um, describe his behavior so that students could kind of guess how he was feeling or what was happening. And the the whole point here is when we are in front of kids, the best way to show that we value them and are present is that we point our feet right. towards them. And cause your principal's feet were kind of out the door. He was, like he, he was already to get out of moving there. in to his next thing. Yeah. And that was powerful for me to think, okay, if I'm going to self-evaluate for a minute mm-hmm. and be honest, like, am I forward facing with my feet or am I already on the next task? Cause I know my brain is already on step 12. And I think what a great way for me to upgrade my leadership by pausing and being even more present with my body that is, I, I'm so glad you said I love that one and it's funny because uh, you know my principal and I after that period we talked a little bit and he was kind of like uh, you really set me up there and I was like I was like you know what <laughs> I do it too I mean I, I, and, and, I and I told my students that, that that you know I I have to be conscious of this all the time but Gretchen you'll love this uh, I, I teach I taught high school students so of course Whenever you talk about dating and romance, it, it adds to the story. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that in there. Ask yeah, them for well, advice, But, but right? I used it for the, for the dating thing because I think, like, the prom was coming up or whatever. And I, and I, told, <laughs> I told the boys in class, uh, there was a couple boys that were getting ready to ask a girl. I said, you're probably going to know whether she's going to say yes or not if you take a look at her feet. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Because yes. uh, you know, if her feet are pointing to the side, you know, you might want to just hold off on the question. <laughs> so smart. Yes. What great advice. So, so that makes sense. That, that um, yeah. Yeah. The other one that I really liked for my teacher brain was about serving appetizers. Uh-huh. And it really got me to think. Yeah. 
am I engaging kids in a way that makes them want to hear more or to learn more? Because if you think about it, a grade level, I'm elementary, so this is what I was thinking in my head. Okay, in third grade, we all had to teach the same thing the same day, and each class had a totally different experience from that lesson because it's all in how the teacher right. delivered it. And did kids lean in, or were they already checked out? And it really got me to think, shoot, how many days did I serve an appetizer, or did I just go in ready to serve the meal and they weren't prepped and ready or even interested. And I'm like, shoot, like a missed opportunity. I needed this so what, what, 10 years ago. What's the best hook you ever laid on kids? I think when I yeah. tell a story, for example, like that principal story you shared, when you can like start as a person, as a human being, tell a funny story, and then you explain how that relates to what you're learning, they are absolutely Well, you know, hooked. it's in that little passage, I talked about two things. Number one, I talked about a trailer you see with your spouse. You're at the you're at the movie theater and you see a trailer and you're like, I have to see that movie. That's a hook. That's a classic example yeah. of a hook. Yes. The other thing yes. hooks do is they bring in relevancy. Not only do they engage, but they bring in relevancy, which is essential for students to respect the lesson. Now, you might not remember yeah. this, but in that passage, I talked about the Sepoy Rebellion in India, which is a pretty obscure abstract topic for most uh, teenagers in the United States. Me. <laughs> but, the, but the war started because of a rumor. And so the hook for that lesson was for five minutes, students discussed rumors and their experience with rumors and how rumors can impact things. And, and, and as a result of that hook, when we started talking about the Sepoy Rebellion, all of a sudden, the lesson became more relevant. Not only more engaging, but more relevant as well. So, sort of that. Yeah, you're building the bridge what, from what happened. I'm so glad to, you Go ahead. That one out. That That's really a powerful one. Yeah. It cuts I, you well, off. Well, it's funny how, ex that's okay, how experience makes you drawn to certain lessons and you're ready to read some of these at a different time. And so this could be a book that you read initially and you pull certain ones out as your favorite yeah. and then you put it down and maybe next summer or a couple of years later when you've grown or maybe your different life experiences and you pull out different ones. And so it just can evolve and grow with you. So say about serving appetizers, and I'll say this about many of the uh, past in this book, this book is designed to make teaching a lot more enjoyable, a lot more fun. <laughs> like talking about hooks, talking about nonverbal communication. Those things are fun. They're, they're fun to do. They're fun for the yeah. students and they're fun for you. We need some fun. Yeah. We desperately need some fun. <laughs> I agree. We do. Yeah. Where can folks get this book, by the way? I don't think I asked oh, you that yet. On Amazon. You know, where, where you get everything. <laughs> I mean, I think oh, I, yeah. I think I, I'm looking at buying a cast iron stove on there for my my son who has a cabin. That's gonna that's gonna <laughs> be a, a heavy lift for the delivery guy. <laughs> Talk about a cool hook! Like, hey, what is in your Amazon cart right now? You would learn a lot about. You know something that is an outstanding hook. That is that is an outstanding yeah. hook. You could use that as a as a hook to talk about diversity. So yeah, and how how we're how we're alike even though oh, we're so different. Oh man, look, I'm a 
Did I just write an amazing lesson or what? Clap for you. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Now, what role are you in now? So I coach teachers. I am under my own company, and it's been perfect timing since raising my kids, which, by the way, I am going to be delivering my third child next Friday. Wow, you definitely need some Netflix <laughs> I do. I need some help is what I need. <laughs> That's, congratulations. I'm sure you're an amazing mom. Do you miss the classroom? Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I think the best thing that I can do, though, is to continue to help these coaches who work with teachers who work with kids because it keeps me close and the stories make me laugh and it brings kind of that aspect and you know with covid folks aren't in school buildings by us yet and so i think i just get the best i bet you've been busy man yeah i bet everybody's asking you a million things i mean i've i've asked people a million things i'm gonna do a blended class for the first time uh in a couple weeks and I'm excited about it, and I, and I have some good ideas about it. But, you know, I've had to ask a lot of questions, mostly on, like, you know, I'm now working with Microsoft as opposed to Google. I like Google better, but, you know, higher ed does Microsoft. Yeah. So I'm learning Microsoft right. Teams this week, and it's just like – it's just like – Yeah, just, do you like um, it? I think it's kind of the same as Zoom. I mean, I don't really know if there's a huge difference. I, I don't I don't know. But it's just there's so many things that you have to figure out all the time. So I bet you are a busy woman. Yeah, well, it's it's fun to have an impact. Like I, to be able, we were talking before about having the opportunity and the platform of either a book mm-hmm. or a podcast. Sometimes you're pinching yourself. It's the same thing when you're able to impact teachers in a different way to say, I'm so glad I worked my tail off to <clears> get my experience so that now I can give it back and, and help someone else think through their problems or so, cause I'm so clear headed when I'm solving someone else's problems. Cause I'm not emotionally tied to it. I haven't been dealing with the stress of it. I see it for what it is. I use my experience to sprinkle in some new ideas and they're often happy and excited to try it. And it makes you feel so good that you can still in this new yeah. way, help and impact kids. In and I classroom. bet you have your feet pointed right at them, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make sure every time I'm going to be looking at my feet, which direction right. are they pointed? And uh, make sure that when your husband <laughs> talks to you next time, straight ahead, mm-hmm. either you want to uh, kiss him or punch him because I mean, if somebody's angry at you, their, their feet point straight <laughs> at you too. Hey, I think that uh, when you get further along in your career and, and you get close to retirement, you think about being an education adjunct, you'd be a great one. I would love to do it. Uh, It would definitely, it's on my list, even though I know, like you said before, they don't make a lot. It's more about the joy and the experience and giving back. It's it's fun. Well, let us know, how can we connect with you social media wise? Uh, I'm James Sturdivant, at at James Sturdivant on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm friends with you. I comment on some of your beautiful pictures. And then jamesallensturdivant.com and that Alan is spelled A-L-A-N. Start event. Are, are you ready for this? I, I'm so used to doing this. S is in Sam. Go. T is in Thomas. U is in uniform. R is in Romeo. T is in Thomas. E is in Echo. V is in Victor. A is in Alpha. N is in November. T is in Thomas. Wow. Isn't that something? That's an English name. <laughs> Some people think it's Dutch. Some people think it's German. That's an English name. I like it. Do you get a lot of people that can say it correctly? Well, it, it really 
it's just kind of how it's spelled. So yeah, Sturdivant. Yeah. You know, some people call me Sturdivant. Some people call me Sturdivant. I think Sturdivant sounds a little more joyous. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, I'm, I'm Beautiful. I like it. <laughs> well, Jim, it was so good catching up. You're you are joy, and this is the perfect book Thank for you. you to have written. All right. Well, let's catch oh, up yeah. again soon without it being years. I'm, I'm going to start commenting on your Facebook pictures. I'll look for a, okay, I'll look for another uh, some more offspring here soon, right? That's right. That's right. Wish us good luck with that because you Can't know wait. we're going to need it. Elite educators, was that not an empowering message and just an opportunity to think differently about what it is you're doing and how things have transformed in education so much in a short period of time and how timely his contributions are, both with hacking engagement and with this new lens of magenta, which I think is such a powerful way to look at upgrading our effectiveness. And I just really admire the work that Jim has done, taking risks, trying new things, and making the choice to constantly be his best for kids because that is what matters most. Whether they're high school kids or college kids, they have a lot to give and a lot to live for. And he makes that choice every day to show up and give his best so that they can go out and return the favor and give their best. So Jim, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming back on. I'm so glad to share an update of your story and of all that you're doing. And I'm so thankful for you, happy for you. And I just hope to continue to stay in touch because you do motivate me to be an even better educator. All right, Elite Educators, that's a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Jim Sturdivant. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered.